Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Ego Chat Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we are recapping the first week of the major four qualifiers in the, quali- uh, in the not the qualifying league, the Call of Duty League. Uh, so 10 matches last week, we also have 10 more matches, 10 more qualifying matches in the CDL this week um, and we're coming down to it. Uh, the end of the regular season is nearly here in the standings. Are, they're tightening quite a bit, especially at the eighth place cutoff where uh, teams are they're trying to get in the top eight, whatever they can to make sure that they can go to the end of season Call of Duty League Championship. But before we talk about any of that, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing all right. Uh, long week, but, you know, got America's birthday coming up and uh, got some. Yeah, uh, let's talk about it. Um, so we have. Uh, we had 10 matches, like I said, um, and we started off with Florida and New York. Florida debuting their roster. Um, I believe Hello? you... Yeah, you were frozen, I think. Oh, you froze for me. All right, we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what happened. But uh, we'll just... We'll just go over it. We'll, we'll start talking again. Uh, not a big deal. Um... As long as you can hear me, let's just go over yep. the, the matches uh, because we started with uh, New York versus Florida. Florida uh, debuting their roster uh, with Major Maniac and uh, Two Real. Those uh, those players came into their starting roster, uh, but they didn't have a, a great showing. They ended up losing to the Subliners 3-1. And I kind of want to pair this match with uh, the Subliners' other match because this is a team that is interesting because obviously Crim6, the most winningest player in Call of Duty League history, uh, pro- you know, one of the greatest players of all time. And uh, this team is really underperformed at the majors specifically. Uh, they haven't won a single match at the three majors so far. And that's really held them back in the standings. And that's why they are in 11th place currently. But with these two wins this week, um, they also uh, ended up beating, in addition to uh, beating Florida, they beat LAG. Both of those teams are ahead of them in the standings, and those two wins earn them 20 CDL points, which, uh, you know, they're still in 11th place, unfortunately, for them. But now they're only 35 points back from 8th place. So let's talk about New York. Um, What did you think of the subliners this week? Because 2-0 and is, is great, and it just gets them a little... It, it cuts it down by... It was at 50 points. Now it's at 35 points. Obviously, that keeps going. But what did you think of uh, the Subliners' win over Florida and their win uh, over... Um, what's the other team now that I'm thinking about it? Relis. Yeah, over the, uh, LAG. So what did you think of that? Yeah, I thought both of these games were must-win matches for New York heading into this week, and that you know reflected in our predictions last show that we both thought New York was going to take these. And you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but New York's schedule for this upcoming week is much more difficult on paper mm-hmm. than this past week, especially taking into consideration that they were playing two teams with. Uh, recent roster changes and new rosters. So these were absolutely must-win matches for New York, and they took care of business. Um, in particular, 
Uh, the very first match of these qualifiers was a 250 to 246 Tuscan hardpoint. And, you know, that's almost a week ago now, so I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I just know, regardless of the indication of the score, it went down to the wire. Um, and it was a super close match. And with Florida taking that in the back of my head, I'm kind of sitting here, you know, okay, what's going on here? You, they got uh, a team like Florida bringing in someone like Major Maniac, who's per- mostly well-known for his search gameplay. Going into that map two, Florida could be in a good position to take a win here, but uh, New York just comes out and takes the next three maps. Uh, it was 6-3 in the search. The Tuscan control went to overtime, as a lot of controls do, and then they won by 99 points in the game four hard point. So um, it was, like I said, starting out the week, uh, playing against a, a new roster, all the circumstances based on where they are in the standings, yada, yada. Um, it, it was an essential win for New York, and they took care of business. Yeah, and, and when they played LAG, they uh, they won it 3-1 as well. Uh, and they did end up winning the, the Search and Destroys, which are a little bit interesting. And they've been able to win their hard points, uh, which we know that was a, a point of contention for this team earlier in the year. They were the worst hard point in the, uh, the, in the league at, at one point in the season. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the schedule dictates a lot of what happens in the standings from a week-to-week basis. Uh, in New York's two wins, while great, I don't know whether it really shows you know, if they are one of those top eight teams, if they can get there. Um, obviously, a lot of stuff has to go on. And uh, LAG, they, they lose these matches, um, and that's very disappointing for them because they need it. They are right on the edge. They are currently the eighth place team. But for New York, this is the best case scenario for them for, for week one of these qualifying matches. They just got to hope that these the, the good things uh, continue and whatever bad or negative things that they saw from these two matches, uh, they kind of subside and they're able to um, continue to improve and keep winning matches and uh, ultimately get in the top eight. But, um, you know, that's going to be a, a tough feat. Um, let's move on to Optic versus Boston, which was the second match of the week. Um, and this was Proloot coming back into the lineup, uh, in place of Illy, but things didn't kind of work out how, uh, Optic planned Boston, uh, making their debut with Vivid, uh, in place of Capsidal. Uh, they end up reverse sweeping Optic. So they win 3-2. Nero drops 49 uh, in Game 4. Um, an incredible game out of him. And uh, the Breach win this 3-2. A much-needed win for them. They're not nearly on the same level as uh, New York or LAG, those teams that are right on the very edge or even in the bottom four. But they've been really slipping uh, since the midseason break, and they needed at least one win uh, to you know, earn some points, make sure that it's not going to be a, a really, really tough split for them. Uh, what do you think of Boston's win uh, beating Optic? Yeah, I think it was an important win for them more than um, it would have been for Optic just because of their position in the standings. Um, they obviously not playing with their desired lineup without Illy. Um, they're still in a position regardless of that though where they have enough cdl points where that you know 
contrary to New York situation that we were just talking about, Optic isn't in like must win situation. They have yeah. a bit of a cushion where they can uh, hopefully get Illy back up to a hundred percent before Champs, because Champs is the one everybody cares about. So, um, although Optic fans obviously prefer to see Optic go out and win every single match they play, um, that's just not likely and. And even as much as they want it, it's inevitably not going to happen. So um, they, they were close matches before the reverse sweep. I will say that too. It was 250 to 220 on Gavutu Hardpoint and 6-5 in the Bokage Search where the two maps Optic won. And then Boston with a 3-0 in control, that kind of sticks out to you. Um, they just, you know, when you're facing possibly getting 3-0 swept and then you win 3-0 in the uh, swing mode there in the middle. That's kind of a big uh, momentum shift. And then um, the second hard point and second surge weren't as close as the first two maps in those modes. So uh, it was an impressive win for Boston, but similar to New York, kind of in that must-win territory where um, they didn't have the performance they really would have liked throughout the major three qualifiers and the major itself. They got a new roster now uh, with Vivid coming in. So uh, still going to need to see more out of Boston, personally, but um, this one is obviously better than the opposite scenario where we're sitting here talking about uh, Boston still losing. They would probably be on a losing streak because I don't remember their um, exact record in the Major 3 qualifiers, but they got they, they lost two matches in a row. At the major, or no, they were in the losers bracket. So never mind. They're probably on a couple match losing streak either way. Um, so this, despite it not um, being a huge match, like we said for Optic, it, it was important for Boston, and definitely getting a big reverse sweep win here is better than uh, what could have potentially happened. On the other hand, yeah, they were on a four match losing streak heading in. Uh, they had. Uh, their last win was in the second week of the major three qualifiers over London. London, uh, they had some struggles uh, in the major three qualifiers as well. So um, it, it had been a really tough road for Boston. And um, even with this win, uh, they did end up uh, having another match and they didn't have the the same kind of result, which is unfortunate for them. Um, but staying on Optic real quick, uh, I, I really agree with you. It's It's not that important of what they do now, but getting Illy back and, you know, there were rumors that he might be back sooner than later, maybe, uh, maybe a week or two. Um, and we know that, you know, the timetable he gave, uh, you know, if that timetable is accurate and things go well, he should be back by the major or by champs. We're not really sure. Um, but things seem like he could be back at some point um, in the near future. And that's that's good news for them. I think that they were probably practicing with Illy, uh, you know, in the in the break between the major um, in major three and between the major four qualifiers. Uh, so going back to Prolu is a difficult situation for them. And it's it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a rough transition as long as that as long as Prolu has to stay in the lineup. Um, but now they are, uh, they're, you know, they're probably not going to get the first seed in the CDL. Um, it, it's not looking very likely with phase improving their record and optic, not being able to win any of their two matches this week. Uh, but now they're somewhat in danger of losing second place to Seattle, 
who, uh, of course, won major three. That helps them pick up a lot of points. And Seattle won their match this week. So now they're only 40 points behind Optic in second place. Um, I think that is very doable, especially if Seattle performs extremely well at major four as they did in major three. Um, but it's a it's a it's an interesting storyline that doesn't really have to do with those teams around the eighth place uh, at the around eighth place in the standings. Um, as far as Toronto and LAG, so LAG uh, we talked about it. They didn't win either of their two matches uh, this week, um, so they earned zero points, which is unfortunate for them, and that actually drops them down from 7th place to 8th place. 8th place is still good. 8th place is definitely better than 9th place at this point, but um, in 8th, they are now only 5 points ahead of ninth place, which is a tie between Florida and Minnesota. Um, their first match of the week was uh, a 3-2 loss, a reverse sweep loss to uh, the Toronto Ultra, which is incredibly disappointing for LAG because these wins uh, or these uh, matches, excuse me, are pretty much must wins. Um, they don't want to fall out of the top eight um, at the at the last moment and miss out on champs. Uh, but this was a particularly um, hurtful loss for them because they seemed to have it in their grasp, but they just weren't able to finish it out. What did you think of LAG's 3-2 loss to uh, the Toronto Ultra? Yeah, that, this was one of those matches where I was kind of um, in the same boat as you. You know, coming into this uh, past week, we talked about LAG's roster change, and I know at least I uh, was in completely sold on the changes they made and mm -hmm. uh, said that I was going to have to, you know, see what this roster could do and all that. Um, and then they come out against, you know, on paper, a tougher team in Toronto and they win those first two maps and you're thinking like, okay, you know, maybe this is a sign of good things to come, but uh, Toronto shows the resilience of this roster uh, that we've seen before. Um, even though they've gotten reverse sweep themselves and possibly the most historic reverse sweep ever. But regardless, um, it, this important bounce back for Toronto here and probably um, a match that'll sting Los Angeles for a little bit, especially, you know, you look at um, this matchup against Toronto. We know Toronto isn't like a super strong hard point team, but mm -hmm. uh, LAG wins the opening hard point on Gavuthu 250 to 174. And that's the same first map they play against New York the next day and they get lose by 146 points. So you can say, you know, difference in hard point strength for the two opponents there or whatever. But, um, yeah, it was just in that New York series for LAG, they kind of got smoked in both hard points, whereas um, they win that opening one on Gavutu against Toronto, and then they only lose by 13 on Tuscan hard point in game four. So it, it was a close series. And if you look at the stats, it's even a little bit more perplexing. Uh, just because all four players on LAG had over a 1.05. Neptune and Spart both had 1.05. Hook dropped a 1.08, and Slasher was at a 1.17. Uh, so all four players on LAG were positive in this series, whereas Toronto only has Insight at a 1.13. Everybody else was negative, and Kleenex notably goes 70 and 96 for a 0.73. Um and you can say whatever you want about Kleenex and classify him. Um, however you would like, I still firmly believe he's the best player on that team and, you know, has a super big impact on the map. 
And when you're able to get a win, if you're Toronto, when he's dropping a point seven, that's just, you know, that's, that's kind of nuts. So, um, very perplexing series if you know you're looking at the stats there without having watched it but it definitely was a close one um and i guess it does show some potential that uh this new led roster could have but toronto was able to bounce back and close it out in the end that game uh for hard point is the one that sticks with me and it's probably the one that's going to stick with lag losing on tuscan by 13 points that's that's a tough loss because you know it's there, you know, you win that map, you win the series. You're able to get ten extra CDL points. You're able to um, hold on to eighth place, or you would actually be holding on to seventh place. And you feel if if just a little bit, a little more comfortable uh, heading into the second week of qualifying matches because you know that that map started off really well for them. They actually had the lead. Uh, I think they were up by like 30, 40 points um, about halfway through and it just kind of went away like that and everything uh, kind of spiraled from there. They weren't able to obviously pick up uh, the win on search and destroying game five, which is uh, disappointing for them and uh, kind of indicative of their season. Um, despite that incredible run that we saw at major two uh, with Spart, they just really haven't had a good season other than that. I, you know, without the, the major run, then, I mean, they're probably a solidly a bottom four team. Uh, they definitely would be in the bottom four, but they would be more in New York's, uh, you know, case where they're really they have to do really well in these qualifying matches and in the major four uh, to to really get into the top eight. But because they did so well at that one tournament, things have been a little easier for them. But they really have to to win some of these qualifying matches to make sure that they're uh, not out of champs. Um, let's move on to these other matches, though. We had four on Saturday, uh, starting off with Toronto and London. So we went from a Toronto reverse sweep to Toronto losing to London, who uh, was bringing Gizmo back into the lineup. So Gizmo had uh, great success with London. The London had great success with Gizmo. Uh, they were actually the third place team in the in the league uh, for quite a bit there and looked to be solidly uh, a third or fourth best team uh, in the CDL. Uh, but London come in and uh, they surprised me. I was not expecting this out of them. They went 3-1. Obviously, Toronto has been a little weird this season, not nearly as consistent as we saw them in the latter portion of last season, but I still expected better. Uh, what do you think of London in winning this match? Yeah, I, I mean, I was in the same camp as you. I've obviously had my doubts about London throughout this year. Um, there certainly wasn't a match I was expecting them to take. I had no expectations for London, really. Um, well, I haven't had many expectations for them throughout the year but mm -hmm. in particular here after their recent struggles flip-flop in the roster a bunch due to gizno's personal issues and all that um but yeah this i i think you know i can't remember exactly i feel like it was either in round 11 or round 10 of the search zero might have gotten ace i could be completely wrong on that but um yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure of what I'm thinking of. I just know that the the search in this was super close. Um, obviously went round eleven on Desert Siege, so that's one you probably, um, you know, looking at the series on paper, you expect Toronto to win the searches here, um, especially with London playing for the first time. 
uh, with Gizmo for a bit. They probably weren't practicing search as much as the you know the respawn mode. So uh, that was an important win for London because then they're able to capitalize on Toronto's uh, you know no other way to really categorize it is just hard point struggles throughout the season that's been well documented at this point. Um, they take both hard points, relatively comfortable over 50 point wins. Um, and then around 11 search gets you to three and, you know, gets a big upset there for London. And, and like you said, um, they're probably a team that, you know, obviously played better earlier in the season, despite, um, or, and now they just haven't looked as strong since, you know, all the stuff going on behind the scenes with Gizmo, everything like that. So um, it was an important win for them, probably a little bit more of a red flag for Toronto just after, you know, going down early to LAG. Sure, they were able to get the reverse sweep there, but like in a scenario where they weren't able to capitalize like that, they're, they're looking at a potential 0-2 week here with losses to two teams that aren't in the top half of the standings. Um, Maybe London still is because of points, but um, probably, you know, like power ranking based on recent performances, you, you, you would have LAG in London lower than Toronto in most people's opinions, I would assume. So um, it would have been two upsets if LAG were able to close out that first one. But obviously they survived that series. Um, so the week isn't as bad for Toronto as it could have been, but this is still a tough loss for them in my opinion. Yeah, so just a... Um... Fact check. So Gizmo, he won. He so he aced round eleven, and he won the one v two against Cami and Bance. So it was Gizmo. Yeah, it was Gizmo. Okay. Yeah. So he uh, he clutched up, and I mean that's an incredible win for them. They definitely needed that. Um, and as far as the standings go, if Toronto had beaten London in this, they would be tied for fourth place. Um, or no, excuse me, uh, Toronto would be in fourth place and London would be in fifth. Um, but because London won, they maintain a small lead over Toronto. Um, and you know, if they're able to hold on to a top four spot, then that that's incredible. Um, it definitely speaks to how consistent they were in the first half of the season, really the first quarter of the season, um, because they were so good, uh, you know, in the major one qualifiers, major one and major two qualifiers, uh, things have kind of went downhill since then. But if they're able to do something like this, pull off an upset, beat a team that maybe some uh, team, uh, some people are not really expecting, uh, that's going to be an incredible run for them. Um, let's talk about New York and LAG a little bit. I know we uh, touched on it, but um, let's just make sure we go over it a little bit. Um, New York, they... They win against Florida, and then they, they win against LAG. Um, I, I really just want to talk about LAG. Like, is there how, – how confident are you? So they're five points ahead of ninth place, and two teams are in ninth place. or They're tied for ninth. How confident are you that LAG will stay in the top eight at the end of this season? With the way that, you know, we have very limited, uh, you know, material with this current roster, but – how confident are you that they're going to be able to secure a spot at champs? I'm I'm not entirely confident. Um, I think throughout my time covering uh, Call of Duty, I obviously, um, as you know, and a lot of people watching know how much I appreciated Aches throughout his career, um, kind of have the same 
feeling towards slasher in the sense that they are guys who would just, you know, they want to do whatever it takes to win. Mm -hmm. So it would be tough for me to bet against him, you know, like doing whatever it takes to try and uh, make it the champs. But just like thinking objectively about that, putting that aside, like I I think Minnesota is a better team than LAG right now. Um, Obviously based on, just this most recent match, I think New York is a better team than LAG. Um, obviously, there's a bit more of a gap there. Um, and then Florida, I'm not really sure. I, I think that's a match that could go either way. But obviously, um, if you know they were to play right now, I think it would be a close series and one that could determine which of those two teams is actually in eighth place. So... Um, yeah, I'm not entirely confident that LAG would make it. I think this series in particular against New York, um, even even though they did lose to Toronto, pointed out that all four players on the team did have positive KDs, which is a little strange uh, to see in a loss. But, you know, it, it's a reverse, re, reverse sweep, uh, five-map series. So, you know, playing three re- respawns, that could um, affect KDs. But, you know, similarly in this series against... New York, they play three respawns again. They they get smoked in the two hard points, but they win uh, the control. And regardless of that, it's a series where who goes 70 and 70 has a 1.0, and then everybody else is negative on LAG. So um, still, I still really don't know what to expect from this team. Um, and yeah, I just think it's one of those squads that's in limbo right now until they really show me something. Uh, I'm not gonna know what to expect from them, especially when you know we we literally in this sample size of this new roster, we've seen a series where they get reverse swept but put up all four positive KDs. Then we see another series where they also lose but put up all four. You know, I'm not gonna say 1.0 is negative, but 1.0 or worse KDs in a loss. So we're seeing two different sides of a team. Um, that's a new roster, and just I, I haven't seen enough, and I don't really know what else to expect from them at this point. To answer my own question, which is weird, um, but I would say that LAG is the second worst team in this, this entire league. I think only Paris is worse than this team because they have this one good run, or one great run, let's say. They, yeah. they win a major. They have not earned any points from the majors in major one or major three and they haven't won more than uh three qualifying matches in any of the qualifying uh stages so with so let's say you know we take away their championship at uh, major uh two let's say they win two matches in that uh in in major two they they win their losers bracket round one and losers bracket round two matches they would literally be in 11th place. They would be behind New York right now. And I personally think that that's probably where they are. Like they lost to New York. They lost to Minnesota or uh, not New York uh, or they lost to New York, but um, they also lost to Toronto. Toronto is better than uh, New York, uh, better than most teams in in the league, uh, at least in the bottom part of the, the standings. But I don't. I, I can't say that they're better than Florida. Um, I, you know, I definitely can't say that they're better than Minnesota. Uh, so I'm not like I just. I think this team's really bad, and that's shocking to me because at the beginning of the year, I thought with the roster that they had, 
how much talent they had, the veteran leadership that, you know, I love Slasher, one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's incredible. I think he's even underrated at times, but this team has been, has underperformed pretty much every expectation um, for this entire season aside from major two. But, you know, we live in, we don't live in a fantasy world. We live in the real world. They did win major two and they have this luxury of at least having a small buffer between them and not making champs right now. That buffer is five points. They're five points ahead of Minnesota and they're five points ahead of Florida. They're 35 points ahead of New York. Um, so, you know, New York is kind of a long shot to make it, but they're, they're in real trouble in, in making it. And I, I say that especially because Minnesota is iffy, you know, you don't really know what you're getting. Florida is iffy, but they're still able to beat the bottom teams on like a somewhat consistent basis. I don't know if LAG is like, I'm sure they'll beat Paris. Like most teams beat Paris, but they lost to New York. Who's in 11th place. I don't think that I'm not, I'm not convinced that they're able to beat Florida. I'm not convinced that they're able to beat Minnesota and those teams will jump them with just one win. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't see a way for LAG unless they do it again in major four, they just go on this crazy run. And then we're talking about it like, Oh, they're, they're the fourth seed heading into champs, which is a chance, I guess, if, if they go on a, a big run, but I, I just don't see a way for them to make champs if they just continue to underperform as they have for most of the season. Just looking ahead really quickly, they their remaining major three qualifiers are against Atlanta, Boston, and London. Uh, right away, you almost just have to say that you expect Atlanta to be LAG, right? So mm-hmm. that would move them to 0-3 in these major four qualifiers, which means that matches against Boston and London are essentially must-win. And even if they win those matches, they are only two and three, which means with tiebreakers and stuff, there's still a chance they don't make the winner's bracket uh, heading into major four. And if they lose those matches to Boston and London, obviously that hurts their chances even more. And if they're starting uh, major four in the loser's bracket, they could potentially be one and done there. And then, then you know, this isn't really even a conversation at that point, right? It, it, I feel like if they, even in a scenario where they take they split like the matches with Boston and London then they they potentially lose in the first round of the loser bracket at the major that's 135 points and um they could definitely get bumped by one of those teams below them so um we won't technically see them play like Minnesota or Florida which obviously that would be a huge matchup uh, if that happened just because of the immediate implications head to head for the CDL points there, I guess it could happen at the major, but we won't see in the qualifying matches. Um, but yeah, the LAG, they're definitely in a tough spot, uh, especially with that upcoming match against Atlanta. They're going to have to capitalize on those other two games against Boston and London. Hope that they get, you know, the tiebreakers on their side to get into the winner's bracket because that gives them the best chance to potentially get more, points just because obviously they're if they're in the winner's bracket even if they lose that first match they're guaranteed to play one more game as opposed to just starting a loser's bracket and only having potentially one shot the the good thing for lag is that 
Minnesota plays Seattle during their their uh, the third week. So let's say Minnesota loses that that puts them at you know two and two if they uh, you know like or they're two and three or three and two either way like it's not great it's not like they're overwhelming um, and they're you know they might jump them uh, might jump LAG they might not depending on how LAG does but it's like LAG or Minnesota and Florida they also don't have like too hard of schedules. I think New York really got screwed with the scheduling because they play Seattle, they play Optic, they play LAT. Like LAT's, you know, here nor there, but they could be good at some times. But Optic, especially if Illy is back this week or, you know, I don't know, it's a possibility. And Seattle, like that's a very tough matchup. And I, I, I don't know, like I, I think like even with all of this, I still think like LAG just, I, I don't think that they can get in. I just don't think, well, they obviously can. I don't think they will um, with Minnesota and um, even New York, really. Like I, I, I think New York has a really tough road, but LAG, um, I, I don't know. I'm saying no, I don't think they're going to be able to make it. Uh, but, you know, that's why they play the games and uh, they can prove me wrong uh, for the next two weeks. Um, last match, or no, we have two more matches on Saturday, uh, optic versus Minnesota. Uh, you know, we alluded to it already, but optic, they lost, um, both of their matches this week. Uh, their first loss, uh, came against Boston in an upset reverse sweep. This one, um, Minnesota, like you predicted it, uh, that optic would lose this match, but I don't know. Like, why did you think that? Minnesota would be optic. Well, that's my rationale for this was we had seen Minnesota go flawless in the previous online qualifiers. And although they struggled at the major, we still hadn't technically seen this specific Minnesota roster lose one of these online qualifying matching matches. And uh, that holds true here uh, with this one against optic. And maybe, you know, I, I obviously we've seen the core of this Minnesota roster minus Havoc perform on land last year, winning one of the uh, most historic comebacks in Call of Duty history. So you can't really say they're onliners or anything like that, but they've just they performed better online recently. Um, and that's what I was leaning into is just you know thinking that they they could pull something out here with this, especially being online versus their most recent performance on land. So um, really didn't. Uh, I feel like it wasn't like that hard of a pick, in my opinion. But oh. um, I, I'm just saying, you know, based on recent performances and you know the the situation with optics roster and everything like that. Um, I don't know. I I think this was a favorable time for Minnesota to play an online match against Optic, and they were able to capitalize on it. There, there was um, that really interesting uh 2v6 it was in the control where i think it was dashy and prolute pulled off a 2v6 to 
uh, get the 3-0 sweep in the control for Optic, and that was the only map Optic won in the series. Uh, but if you also look at the other maps, they, it's not like this was a blowout by Minnesota by any stretch of the imagination. It was a Bokic hardpoint went to time, uh, 208 to 195. The Bokic search was around 11.65 for Minnesota, and the Berlin hardpoint was a 250 to 236. So outside of Optics 3-0 in the control, all three of the maps Minnesota won were extremely close. Um, so despite Optic obviously not getting their desired results this week, um, that's still a close matchup against a team that we have yet to see lose in these online qualifiers before the major. Um, and who knows if we see these teams down the road match up with um, Optic's intended lineup with Illy. Yeah, um, uh, that that was the point I was going to bring up, that it was a really close series despite, you know, if you just looked at the, the 3-1 scoreline, you might not think that. Yeah. Uh, LAT versus Boston was the final match of Saturday. Uh, Boston, they were coming off that big win over Optic on uh, on Friday. Didn't really help them all that much. They end up getting swept uh, by the Thieves. And, um, I mean, that's kind of surprising because the Thieves have been, I mean, they were eighth place uh, heading into this. So not a great season overall. Uh, but it was a you know, rather lopsided win. Um you know the the hard point was relatively close, fifty five point win for LAT, but um, they kind of took care of business on Berlin Search and Gavutu uh, Control. Um, what do you think of LAT? Because they, you know, we we've talked about it a lot this season how up and down they've been. Very similar to Florida, it, you don't really know what you're going uh, to get with them, uh, but they end up winning here. What do you think? Yeah, I uh, honestly don't even really remember the series. That's fine. I think it might have been a quick one, and um, I, I really don't remember it. I do think I saw on like one of those clips, uh, YouTube channels that Methods was talking about uh, the connection, which was something I pretty sure I brought up about this match on the last show. If it wasn't this one in particular, it's something we've talked about on the podcast before, just due to Los Angeles Thieves actually playing from Los Angeles. Um, in this situation, Boston actually playing from Boston. That's literally the furthest you can get um, yeah. across the U.S. and um, probably caused some ping issues. So um, I, I didn't look too much into it, but I, I do think I saw Methods at least mention it in one of those clip videos. So that could have played a factor here. Uh, but regardless, this is a situation where uh, it was a 3-0 stomp and, you know, all of the Boston players were negative. All the these players were positives. Kenny, in particular, goes 70, 73 and 46 for a 1.59. I feel like that might be, like, one of the best stat lines he's produced in Vanguard. It's just been, like, one of those games where, um, you know, he's been going between roles and stuff. We haven't seen, you know, really, like, the superstar numbers we've seen from Kenny in the past in different games. So, um, despite whatever ping situations there might be or online drama regardless of all that um thieves took care of business here and, and got a, a a win against a team that you expect them to beat uh the first match of sunday seattle versus paris um well we, we kind of expected it you know paris they lose 3-0 uh it is just another loss it's their 18th of 20 matches um, in this regular season. Uh, they have a 10% win percentage, which is actually pretty cool. Um, they are not officially eliminated from 
playoff contention. But I think with one more, I think one more loss officially puts them out because they are currently 105 points behind eighth place, which you only can get 65 from a major. Uh, that's if you win. And, um, you know, I guess technically two more losses would eliminate them because then they couldn't even get 105 points. But um, they would, you know, they're currently able to get 115, you know, in, in their dreams. But uh, I, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't know how much uh, you really want to talk about Seattle versus Paris because it's literally, you know, the defending major champions against the team that hasn't won in like two months. Yeah. I don't think we have to spend too much time. It definitely would have been a bigger topic for us if uh, Seattle struggled in this or, yeah. you know, God forbid they actually lost this series. Um, there would be more for us to talk about in that scenario. But this, you know, is what you expect from Seattle here coming off their major victory. Uh, I will say Johnny did make his CDL debut for Paris here uh, coming in for John and uh you know, looking at the stats in particular for this one, uh, he ends the series at 55 and 71, which is a 0.77 KD. And you might think he he, he really struggled in the series, but uh, if you look further, he went 12 and 7 in the search and destroy. So uh, let me do some quick math. 55 minus 12 is 43, and 71 minus 7 is one six is 64 yeah so he would have won 43 and 64 in the uh in the respawns in this series which is um obviously still rather negative especially when he goes almost double positive in the search so um bit of a uh you know I don't know obviously it's a tough debut going up against the most recent champions but um just thought it was worth bringing up those numbers like if you look at the end of the series numbers you might have thought that johnny just got smoked throughout the entire series but he did have a good search map so um at least there's that for him in this one in particular yeah your stats are always going to be i would hope they're going to be pretty bad when you're on a bad team like that's you know it's it's usually that's usually how it is unless you're like octane on seattle and like 20, 20 uh, 2020 or whatever where he's dropping like 1.5s and they were getting crushed uh, it's just not uh, a usual occurrence that he'd be having great stats but um, i just want to point out that uh it's night it's been 97 days since paris has won a match um so we're we're looking at triple digits unless uh they pull off um a win in the next three days uh it's it's always possible uh but um it's it's probably looking at 100 straight days without a win, uh, which is pretty disappointing for them. Florida versus Minnesota. Uh, this was another sweep, but um, kind of an unexpected one. Uh, Minnesota, you know, you pointed out they hadn't lost any of these online qualifying matches uh, with this new roster. They were 6-0, and uh, but they were swept by Florida, um, which is, is just really weird because these teams, they like, they're pretty much cannibals they're just eating each other at the bottom they're you know both these teams 
are obviously trying to get into the top eight. And with this win, um, they remain tied for ninth place. Uh, like I like I mentioned a few times on the show today, they're five points back from eighth place. Um, but so it, it's an incredible win for Florida. Definitely much needed to keep pace with Minnesota to put them. Uh, in a spot where with one win and an LAG loss, they can hop into the top eight as long as Minnesota uh, doesn't stand in their way. Um, you have any thoughts on this uh, this series in particular? I just, you know, it was very surprising to me. Obviously, he was talking up uh, Minnesota earlier in the show, um, and we both predicted Minnesota to take this one, but it's an impressive win for Florida, but it's also, you know, goes without saying, this was major Mediank's revenge. Uh, playing up against a team that most recently dropped them. Uh, so you don't, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Major Maniac playing against his former team is the only reason Florida won, but you got to imagine he was incredibly motivated heading into this series, and that could have played a factor in it, and, you know, rightfully so. Um, it was good showing from him. Um, I think, I, I didn't pull up the stats before we started talking about it, but I think he had a pretty good series. Oh, he did, uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he goes 67 <laughs> and 48 for a 1.4. Uh, most kills in the series, fewest deaths in the series, highest KD in the series. So, uh, yeah, an impressive win for Florida. Good for Major Maniac again. Always been a player I've enjoyed watching throughout his years uh, in competitive Call of Duty, and he gets a big win against his former team. So um, I still... It might be weird to say it just because of this recent result, but I feel like Minnesota is still the better team than Florida. But um, I guess that goes to show like they're they're tied in CDL points, so maybe it just makes sense that you know they're in that position for a reason. Um, both teams went one one this most recent week, uh, so I just still going to need to see more out of this new Florida squad. But this was undoubtedly a when I wasn't expected, it's cool for the storyline and, you know, good on Major Maniac. To kind of prove what kind of team uh, Florida is, like, you know, how we talked about how they've been so inconsistent. You know, you don't really know what you're going to get every time they're playing. They're they're five and six since the midseason break. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, if they – I would not be shocked if the next match they win uh, that, that match and then they're six and six. Like – but then they'll probably lose to go six and seven. It's kind of that thing, their thing. Um, and maybe with Major Maniac and Two Real, they're going to be able to get some consistency and be able to bottle whatever they had in this series and bring it to every series. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath on it because they also lost to the Subliners two days earlier. So it's it's a difficult uh, thing to predict for them. But um, I mean. It was a great win for them, and it, it will. I mean, it, it keeps me interested because now we have two teams that are just like that far away from getting into the top eight. Um, so we're, uh, you know, it's going to be a really interesting fight between Florida and Minnesota, but definitely Florida got the better uh, of the rocker on this one. Um, and let's talk about the uh, final matchup of the week was uh, LAT versus Atlanta. Um, we both picked Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta did end up winning the series, but uh, I kind of got whiplash from watching this series because these teams just kept like beating each. Uh, obviously, it goes to game five, but just uh, a pretty incredible series. I think 
I, I think LAT and Atlanta might have had a similar series at some point in the season. Maybe it was Optic in LAT. But I remember yeah. I remember LAT being involved in one of these series where they get kind of crushed in one map, then they come back and they do the crushing, and then it just it keeps going like that. It, it was a similar instance uh, here. They win that first Gavutu hardpoint, and they, they just absolutely stomp phase. And then they don't even win a round in Search and Destroy. Then they win control. Then they lose hard point. And then it comes down to Bokid, Search and Destroy. And um, it, it just didn't go LAT's way on that map. Uh, they go 0-6. Octane, between the two Search and Destroys, went 0-12. I don't know how often that's happened in Call of Duty where you know you play two searches and a player the same player goes 0 and 12 uh or you know drops a donut in general um i i got to get your thoughts on this series because you know we didn't expect phase to lose and i mean if you just looked at the searches they weren't even close but uh this was a a, a pretty interesting series top to bottom yeah, I think just on your first point, I'm trying to find major two. Um, no, major two is when uh, LAG won. So I think there there was a situation at one of the majors where, like, the thieves played optic and phase back to back, and they were both like super close series. And like, the thieves beat one of them, and then lost to the other one. I can't remember, but I think that's what you're thinking of from earlier in the season. Yeah. Uh, regardless, that's not what we're talking about now. Um, this was another close series here. Uh, kind of like you said, regardless of the the double six O's and the O twelve from Octane, um, Atlanta or uh, sorry, LAT winning two matches matches against, um. Phase is still pretty impressive, all things considered, um, and probably a bit closer um, outside of the 6-0s than some people might have expected out of this matchup going into it. Um, I will say the control was super, it, it was arguably, I think I saw Tactical Rab tweet it, um, that it was like his favorite control of the season, and um off the top of my head, it was definitely one of the most entertaining controls. That was Atlanta had back-to-back -back offenses in round four and five, and they got down to, um, like, being a tick away on B in both rounds, and it came down to lifes in both of those rounds, and LAT just clutched up. Uh, Kenny, in particular, had, like, a, a pretty sweet double nade uh, to seal the, the overtime win there in control. But, yeah, I think in the long run here, uh, the, the big picture, or however you want to word it, um, the the match might have been a little bit closer than some people expected, but still a double 6-0 in search is very noteworthy. Um, the only other thing that comes close to it in my recent memory is we've talked about it a couple times in Cold War, one of the first times when Optic played Atlanta Phase in search, it was like a 6-0 and a 6-1. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was a double 6-0, but it was like it was one of those uh, series where Atlanta took care of business against Optic and they just dominated both searches. So um, it might not have been a double 6-0 like it was here and not against Optic, all that, the different circumstances, but we have seen um, dominant search performances out of Atlanta in the past, and that's something, obviously, Tupac and the boys 
uh, behind the scenes at Phaser, probably going to be thrilled about regardless of the circumstances and everything going on uh, with the match. And we haven't seen Atlanta win a major yet this year, but they've been in the grand finals of all three. So if, if they're able to, you know, obviously they look really strong in the search in this series in particular, but if they're able to put it all together and, all three of the game modes, then we know just how talented this squad is and what they're capable of heading into the most important events of the year. I found the series that uh, we were talking about. So it was in the major two qualifiers, LAT versus Optic, and Optic uh, 100 point clubbed LAT in the hard point. Then LAT won 6 0 on the search. Uh, Optic wins 3 0 on the control. LAT uh, wins Berlin Hardpoint for Game 4, and then it goes to a Round 11 uh, uh, Tuscan Search and Destroy where Optic wins. Um, in a different um, you know, a different set of circumstances, Octane was like the best Search and Destroy player in this entire series for LAT. Might have been, I mean, I think he was the best in the entire uh, series regardless of team. He went 6-2 and two in the first uh, S&D and then went 12-7 and seven in Game 5 despite the loss. Um, obviously things have changed. It was a little bit different phase is a little bit different of a team than optic, obviously. But, um, you know, I thought it was interesting that LAT, I mean, that just kind of shows who they are is like, they're very inconsistent. And I think everybody agrees that they have the talent to be a very good team, but you know, things have just kind of not went their way. Um, and it seems like, Maybe they'll be able to get some of that back if they are able to uh, shore up a little bit of this search and destroy play. But uh, definitely a, a tough loss for them and tough loss for their fans and definitely a tough loss for Octane because whew, double donuts, that's crazy. Um, let's talk about the predictions. Uh, so I went uh, six and four last week. You went seven and three. So you're ahead uh, by four matches on t in total. Um, but let's go through our predictions. Uh, it, it, let's, you know, we'll talk about the standings real quick before we do that, uh, do the predictions. So, um, obviously phase up at the top, uh, they're, they have 270 points. Um, they're 50, what is that? 45 points, excuse me, uh, ahead of optic optic has a 40 point lead over Seattle. Seattle has a 25 point lead over London. And that's where things really start to get close. Um, there's only 10 points separating London uh, between Toronto and then Toronto is 10 points ahead of Boston in sixth place, 10 points ahead of LAT in seventh place and LAT and LAG, the seven and eight, uh, they are separated by five points. And if the season had ended today, the bottom four, the teams that would not make champs, Minnesota, Florida, New York, and Paris, uh, Paris, uh, as we've discussed, is all but out of it. Um, they're almost officially eliminated from playoff contention. New York, they're 35 points back in 11th place from L LAG in 8th. Um, definitely, uh, it's it's doable. It's going to be tough. But if LAG keeps slipping, Minnesota and Florida, they're inconsistent. It could happen, uh, but it's going to be a tough road, especially with their schedule. And then Minnesota and Florida tied for ninth place uh, at 120 points, which is just five points behind LAG. Um, I mean, it's going to be a, a really interesting last few weeks of qualifying matches and the major will uh, be very important. Um, and I think this is the most important that seeding has ever been for a major because having that, uh, having that buffer uh, in the winner's bracket, being able to lose one match without being eliminated seems more important than ever in my mind, just for the fact that you could have a chance to, 
even get 10 points at the major rather than go home with uh, zero. So I, I, I'm interested to see how things uh, work out for the rest of the season. Um, and let's go through our predictions. So uh, Friday, July 1st, the beginning of July, which is pretty crazy. Um, we have three matches, Atlanta versus Toronto, Minnesota versus London, and Seattle versus Boston. Starting at the top, uh, I think we both agree Atlanta uh, probably beat Toronto, but uh, yeah. maybe we'll see uh, a rejuvenated Toronto come out. Um, Atlanta seemed to be a little off kilter, I guess, uh, if, if that's the right word. Um, but uh, I, we agree on that. Minnesota versus London. I almost want to go with London, but Minnesota's still six and one in these qualifying matches, so I'm gonna go with the Rocker. I'm rocking with the Dang Rocker. Way. Yep. And Seattle versus Boston can't pick against Seattle at the moment, so I'm gonna go with the Surge. Correct. Uh, uh, and four matches on Saturday, July second: Florida versus London, Optic versus Paris, Seattle versus New York, and Atlanta versus LAG. Um, I'm gonna go with London over Florida. Whoa. I mean, you've been on the Florida train before this. You, you know, this is like the LAG merch last year. Well, it's it's kind of like that train broke down several times, and then I'm I'm just thinking, okay, the next time we're probably just gonna fall off the tracks. I, I don't really know uh, about Florida. Maybe this will this will motivate them. My pick against them, though, that'll motivate them to keep their winning ways and get into the top eight. So you're going yeah, with Florida? Um, I am definitely going with Florida. Haven't been a London picker for most of the season. Not changing here. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a gizmo guy now. <laughs> uh, Optic versus Paris. Man, it's going to be a tough matchup. I I got I to gotta say, the Legion, they've been looking strong lately. No, I'm going with Optic. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Surge versus the Subliners. I, I got to... Like, why would I pick against Seattle? Even though New York did look very good uh, in the first two matches, this is a step up in competition from, uh, you know, playing the, you know, the guys that are either in the middle of the pack that have been struggling for most of the season or lower, you know, LAG and, and so forth. Uh, so I'm going to go with the surge. Yeah, this was one for me where I, I really just, because of the storyline of like, Subliners making that late season push for potential champs, you know, Crim6 uh, trying to avoid missing his first champs, all that. I really want to pick New York here, uh, but I just don't think I can. It, it would be, you know, a really big win for them, but still, we haven't seen Seattle lose since they uh, won that major, so I'm going to go with Seattle. But this is definitely one I have highlighted, you know, in the back of my mind. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, exactly how these squads uh, match up because, um, you know, if if Seattle does come out and just smoke New York, like you could look at it two ways. You could say, you know, oh, they're defending champs, you know, uh, not much to take away from it. But it could also be like one of those like really super demoralizing losses for New York as opposed to if they're able to, you know, make it a very competitive series or if they're able to actually win it. Um, that could be a very big confidence boost, huge for them in the CDL point standings, all that. So I, I really am looking forward to this match more than um, other storylines or things that – it might be a match that might fly under the radar for other people. I'm really looking forward to it. I think any match involving New York for the time being has to be must-watch because 
uh, like you mentioned, Crim6, he's on this hope, hopeful path of getting to champs again. Uh, this team trying to make a, a late season run uh, would definitely be a very impressive run if they're able to get into the top eight. Um, and they have a very, very difficult schedule this week in particular. Um, I mean, Seattle is, is very tough. And then, uh, you know, we, they have optic as well. So, um, I, I still think Seattle, but I, I, I see your point about New York. And I, I think that it's very possible that this kind of motivation, this outside motivation, at least to get into champs, uh, the pressure of, um, you know, keeping Crim6 in that run of champs, I think that, you know, it might help them and might propel them to a win over Seattle. But um, we'll see on Saturday. Um, final match of Saturday, Atlanta versus LAG. Going to stick with FaZe. The Gorillas, uh, like I said, I think they're the second worst team in the league. I don't think uh, I should probably pick them over Atlanta. Yeah, all of the, the FaZe boys here. Uh, final three matches on Sunday, July 3rd, Boston versus LAG, LAT versus Paris, and Optic versus New York. Um, Boston versus LAG, I'm not, I'm going to pick Boston, but I don't see, like, this is a really difficult match because neither yeah. of these teams have been playing well for like a month and a half. This is almost like a lose-lose just from a prediction standpoint because you yeah. could really pick either team and they could both let you down. So uh, I'm going to go LAG here just because I, I actually don't really have too good of a reason. I don't have high expectations from either of these squads right now. Um, but we did see you know both teams show some uh, glimmers of potential. So um, definitely could see either team winning. I'll just go LAG. Uh, the Thieves versus Paris. I mean, I think it's going to be 100 days without a win uh, for the Legion. I'm not really sure how they could. Uh, I mean, I, I see how they could beat LAT. Like we mentioned, they're up and down. And if there are if the Legion catch them on a down day and they just haven't had good practice, they're not feeling it, I could see it happening. Uh, much more likely than Paris beating Optic, in my opinion. But I still think the Thieves are better than that. I think especially now that... They know, okay, we're in seventh place. We got to just keep this, you know, we, if we keep winning, we'll stay in seventh place. We'll stay in the top eight. Uh, you know, so I got to think that the Thieves are, are going to be able to beat Paris. Yeah, going LAT too. And uh, the final match of the week, Optic versus New York. Uh, you know, like we just said when we were talking about the, the Seattle-New York uh, match, I think all of the subliners matches, um, you got to watch them. I mean, you don't, you never know how much time your favorite players have left of their competitive careers. I, I didn't, I didn't take it seriously enough that Clayster might be done as a pro player. There's a very real possibility. We've seen it with Karma. We've seen it with TP. Uh, many other players, of course. Um, but you know, you gotta appreciate uh, them for. Uh, when you know when they are there, and um, I, I sure am going to appreciate Crim Six this week and in uh, the following weeks to come. I'm still going to pick Optic over the Subliners, but I think it's very possible with, especially if Prolute is in the lineup and and things are just not clicking the same uh, same way they were maybe a month ago. Um, I could see it going the Subliners way, but I'm going to go with Optic. Yeah, I'm going to go in New York here. Um... We did, so it would have been in the, wait, that wouldn't make sense if they played, 
in the last qualifiers. When did Optic Optic played New York and New York won? And Krem had a funny interview. I can't think of when it was. Um, I it, I feel like it was in the last qualifiers, but that that wouldn't make sense because I thought each team maybe each team plays each other twice in the qualifiers. It's five matches. Yeah, and, it was the last qual uh, the major three qualifiers. Yeah, and New York won, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's weird. Just, I, guess, I guess that's how the schedule worked out. They couldn't figure a way to split them up like half and half, like in the first half and the second. Because you, you play five matches for the qualifiers, so that's only 20 matches too. Well, that's so the problem with some their overlap. Yeah. yeah, with their format and having 12 teams. Yeah. Wow. I, I hadn't even thought about that till just now. Um, but regardless, yeah, this is a match we've already seen. New York have some success against. Uh, optic could be a bit of a different situation if Illy is playing in this match, but uh, for the sake of the storyline, uh, I'll go with New York here. Yep. So that does it with our predictions. Uh, you know, make sure to if you're interested, tune in. Um, it's on the Call of Duty League YouTube channel. Uh, so this is the second to last week of the regular season. Uh, we're gonna get another week of qualifying matches next week, and then um, then we're going to the major. Well, we're not going. Well. You might be going to the major. I'm not going to the major. Mm. And the, these teams are definitely going to the major. Some of these teams will not be going to champs, um, which <laughs> is, uh, is probably the biggest sticking point for some of them. Um, but, yeah, that does it for the show. Uh, I I don't really know if there are any other uh, – there's any other news that we missed. I know that uh, Toronto Ultra Academy NA changed their roster despite winning the Elite uh, oh. in Challengers, which – I found that interesting. It was like less than 24 hours after winning the Elite, they decided to just change their roster and pick up Assault. So, uh, I mean, if you're really into Challenger stuff, if you're really into Roster Mania stuff, you should just be watching Challenger's Twitter because that's usually where it happens. Like, teams are winning events and literally just dropping their roster. So, I mean, if you're really interested in that, uh, make sure to, I don't know, follow, like, Crone's Twitter or something <laughs> to keep up with everything. But uh, what what do you have to say? I was just going to bring up, uh, it was announced earlier this week, the official, like, uh, end or, you know, the sunsetting of the Team Envy brand. Oh, yeah. Um, however you want to word it. Obviously, that doesn't really affect the Call of Duty community anymore following the Optic Envy merger, um, creating uh, Optic Texas there in Call of Duty. But yeah. I believe it was the Envy Rocket League team was like the last official team under Envy that's now under Optic. So like mm -hmm. um, they're just not going to be using the Team Envy brand uh, anymore. Um, for longtime Call of Duty fans, that's obviously, uh, you know, it's right up there with Optic and FaZe is one of the most historic brands in Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would have to look at the specific numbers, but I know at one time before the CDL era, obviously, uh, Envy was like the most successful organization at COD Champs in particular. In particular, um, they had the win there in Black Ops Three. They came in second in uh, Black Ops Two and in Ghosts with the roster with Rambo that made the losers bracket run. Um, so yeah, it's really just a historic brand. It, one of my favorite brands. Uh, in particular, you know, when, when the Empire was formed um, and they had the tribute there with like the N and the V for the crown or whatever, I thought that was super cool as at least a touch to uh, the history that Envy has had on in our scene. But now 
um, it's just, you know, effectively gone. So um, had to have been a tough decision for Hastro, obviously, but Definitely. probably one that makes sense for the business. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was the only other thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, so uh, they finished second, I believe, three times at Champs, uh, which, you know, that kind of sucks, but... It doesn't necessarily suck for their wallets because, uh, you know, JCap in particular was a part of many of those rosters for MV. Like, I, I saw a few Twitter prompts of, like, uh, who's the first player that you think of uh, when you see the Team MV logo. For me, it's JCap. Um, I mean, I came in during Black Ops 2. He was on that MV roster with uh, Proofy and Stainville and Rambo. That's my answer. Yeah, Rambo. <laughs> who's Stain? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I also thought of Stain too, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Rambo Ray, I think uh, he, he's probably a lot of people's answers because he was like the typical like envy guy. Um, he was the captain of the team. Uh, I also, uh, you know, like I, th I think of Hastro uh, and, you know, deservedly so, you know, the co like the co-founder, co-owner of the organization. Um, definitely like, you know, with Optic Phase and Envy, like those organizations really like spearheaded Call of Duty esports in a big way, um, and uh, it's it's sad to see uh, the Envy brand go. But I'm glad that we still have uh, you know many of the same people. Rambo is working with Optic, and Hasho, uh, of course, owns it. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a sad day that uh, it's going away uh, officially, but. Um, it was fun while it lasted, um, and I'm glad that we got to experience a lot of those uh, champs. Um, I'm sure the what was it the 2017 champs that was that was IW I I, I believe um, that was a, a tough loss for Envy. I'm sure that some Envy fans will uh, hope to forget that. I think it was J Cap's weak arm uh, couldn't get the the uplink ball in or something like that. But uh, I, you know, overall, I think Envy fans probably have a lot of good memories and partnering with Optic, even though they're technically rivals or whatever. Um, you know, they have a pretty bright future with Shotzi and Illy and who knows how long Scump will play. And Dashy's been incredible. So uh, I think Envy fans, as long as they're Optic fans, of course, uh, have been uh, treated pretty well. Um, over the past uh, year or so um, but yeah uh, so, uh, so long to envy and uh, yeah let me you want me to wrap up the show if you have anything else yeah no it's fine so uh, subscribe uh, follow the feed whatever you do uh, we're on Apple we're on Spotify Google Podcasts everywhere that you listen to podcasts we probably are on there uh, make sure to give us a five star rating on Apple and Spotify follow us on Twitter he's at jbink with two Ks I'm at Prez Byers the podcast Twitter is at Ego Chat Podcast uh, the next show will be next week um, sometime next week we'll We'll update you guys. We'll go live or whatever. Um, and just make sure to follow, subscribe to the feeds, and you'll get us there. Um, but, yeah, thank you for all your support. We're coming down to the very end of the season. Um, but it's been a fun season um, despite, you know, people just dumping on Vanguard most of the time. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to talk about the CDL. It's fun to talk about these roster moves. And it's fun to talk about the matches. Um, and we're going to get – you know, some very contested matches over the final two weeks of the regular season and then at the major. Um, but yeah, that does it for me. Uh, take it over, Bink. Short and sweet this week. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the most recent matches. 
Um, obviously, we got a uh, holiday weekend coming up here uh, in the U.S. So yeah. happy Fourth of July to everybody in the U.S. Um, if you're if you're gonna miss some of the matches this weekend due to festivities and uh, all miss that, the Paris matches. <laughs> it's obviously a little bit understandable. So um, if you do happen to uh, miss any matches over the weekend, uh, hopefully you'll tune into our next show whenever it is next week, and we'll be able to give you all the details that you need to know for whatever you missed. So, uh, yeah, thanks as always, and remember to send the chow.